Welcome to the Broski Doodles Podcast, your boy Kiko Flow, Kiko Cervantes. Here with you, I got some interesting shit I gotta share with you guys. Hope you're starting a great week today. I hope you have everything under control. I hope you're getting a raise soon. If not, ask for that shit. There's inflation coming and there's already shit that's more expensive. You can already notice this, but that's not what we're talking about today. Subscribe to the thing, share it. All right, play it to your family members. Like, hey, look, this is a guy, you know, it's really cool. You know, have them subscribe. A man has died after being gored at a bull running festival in Spain, right? So there's this city in Spain. It's called Onda. There's many cities where they practice this type of activities. But in this specific situation, it was in the city of Onda where they do this, um, you know, it's, it's like a run, run of the bulls where they go through the different streets of the city and a bull is like running behind you right uh, some of you have seen this in the past it, it, it's quite the festive activity here in spain i haven't been in one of those and i don't really plan to be in them and you know this is one of the things that happens you know i mean it's very unfortunate uh i'll give you a little bit of the of the official news uh the 55 year old man was repeatedly charged by a bull during the fira de onda event it's like the fair uh on saturday october 30th authorities confirmed that after sustaining a wound to his left thigh that perforated his femoral artery the man bled to death at a hospital in the nearby town of villarreal emergency services also added that the man who had not been named, suffered a wound to his head. So I don't know if there's videos of this. I don't really like watching shit like that. But, you know, it's very unfortunate. And I always, like, wonder, whenever I saw this shit, you know, this type of events, I was like, I mean, how is it that there's not more people that get injured? Because it just looks so fucking dangerous, you know? And, you know, I mean, this is something that also hurts the bulls. You know, the bulls have to run in, in like cobblestone you know so this is not comfortable for them and i mean but you know there's people that would argue hey that's culture you know just like bullfighting right they kill the bull at the end in most cases and yeah some people say that that's cruel others say look that's tradition we've been doing this for hundreds of years others would say well we were doing many things for hundreds of years and then we decided to stop doing them because we thought they weren't good you know so you know i try to respect I try to take both sides in and and analyze from a very uh, objective point. You know, I don't I don't like to fanatize over one side or the other because I I, I think there's value to be gained from both sides. But you know, this is this is fucked up. You know, um, according to the reports, other participants at the festival had attempted to distract the bull and entice it away from the man, but were unsuccessful. You know, when these bulls are doing the thing, you know, if they get sort of uh, fixated on you, they're going to keep fucking charging at you. And I think sometimes in the world, people don't realize how strong animals are. And, you know, nothing against the animals. They're, these are wild animals that you're putting in a, sit in, in a very uncomfortable situation, you know. Like, and this goes for people that have, like, tigers as pets of, like, monkeys. Man, and I understand there's some people that are professionals at it, but in many cases, it's somebody that has no business, you know, having this animal. 
people in general shouldn't have these animals. These are wild animals, and you got to respect wildlife. And when it comes to bulls, man, I mean, if you're fucking with them, this is the type of shit that's going to happen. Uh, I can't even, you know, begin to think how fucked up it is to die from this, but, you know, that's what happened here. Uh, if you're ever in Spain, you know, if you go to any of these events, see it from afar, you know, make sure you're not in it because this shit is mad dangerous, man. And people think it's fucking around. Um, all right, well, there's another thing that I saw that I wanted to talk about that really opens up the debate for the future of sports. And for people that are not too familiar with football, don't worry about the name. This is a, f a football player, right? Soccer. Soccer. This is like a soccer player right? in Europe. Um, but yeah, so Christian Eriksen is the guy faces the possible end of his career after Inter Milan, which is the team that he plays for in Italy, announced that they must sell him because he is banned from playing in Italy because he has an implanted defibrillator that he had uh, put on his heart following his cardiac arrest in the Euro Cup 2020. So in the Euro Cup 2020, this, this player, Christian Eriksen, he fell you know, in the middle of the game and sort of collapsed and he had like a cardiac arrest, you know, this has happened in the past. There's been situations where the, where the football player actually dies on the field. And, you know, in all situations, obviously it's very unfortunate, very sad. Thankfully, this player didn't die when he had his cardiac arrest. They did, you know, give him medical attention, attention, you know, and eventually his doctors decided that he needed to be implanted a defibrillator, right? So this is like a machine that regulates your heart beating. And apparently what it would do in his case is that whenever his heart started having a weird beating part, a pattern, which apparently, you know, happens in his case, then this thing will sort of regulate it and make sure that he didn't get a cardiac arrest or anything. You know, it just sort of helps regulate the heart's beating uh, rhythm, you know, it's like the, it's like the metronome, you know, it's like, it just keeps shit in, in order and look how crazy this is. So in Italy, he's being banned from playing because now the law in Italy says that you can't play, you know, with like, you know, like, 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 like an electronic device inside of you, you know, and this, and this opens the questions like, how is it going to be in the future when we start having like bionic shit going on like a person that has a bionic arm you know like we already have the conversation about trans people in sports right but imagine like trans i don't know it wouldn't be trans species but it would be like it would be hard to even like go to the debate you know but like i would i would bet that there was gonna be like a social group that's gonna be like hey we should let the bionic people also participate so you're gonna have sports where maybe some guy has like, he had a leg amputated, but they put like a bionic leg and he can play even better than you. You know, that's, it's very interesting to see what's gonna happen in the near future with technology advancing so much. And what ends up happening, and this is something that I've noticed in my upbringing, is that technology these days goes so fast that we as humans cannot even adapt the processes that we have already to that technology. And this, you can see this like with the law, the, the, the internet, it takes so long for laws to catch up to the internet because when the laws were created, they, they couldn't even, um, you know, predict that the internet was going to exist. 
So that's why, you know, social media and all this and all these uh, platforms are now being regulated and being looked into with like a like a deeper, you know, a, a, a deeper uh, scope because now the law is catching up. But I think that technology is going to keep advancing so quick and we're always going to be in this situation where we're going to be stuck. You know, I don't know what this player Christian Erickson is going to do. Maybe he can go to another league where they don't have any anti-bionic laws where they will allow him to play with a defibrillator it's sort of crazy right because it's not like an enhancing thing like this is not like a machine that's making his heart work better uh than he would without it it's just making sure that he doesn't like die you know so but i can understand from the other side like well you need to make standardized rules and if you allow this and somebody else can come with another device that makes him better you know i mean it's crazy to think about all this because it, it is a, a a very new ground that we haven't covered before as, as a humanity, right? There's already people that get they, that get like an arm or a leg and they're super good. Like they're robotic. They can even like you wouldn't know that, that they had an issue, right? Like, well, it's not that I'm not saying that if you are missing a limb that you have an issue, but I'm saying you, you have a limitation there. And with this new technology, you already have people that have a leg or an arm that works so good that it's like it almost doesn't make his life any different from anybody else that that doesn't have any missing limbs. So now imagine in the next five, 10 years when robotics keep improving and AI, I just think we're, we're we're in for some interesting times. I think, you know, we have some really interesting years coming in the next 50 years. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, well, that's, you know, that's the news on that side of the globe with a little bit of that, uh, you know, European sports. I mean, I wouldn't say bull running is an official sport, but man, it's definitely an extreme sport. So, uh, you know, now we jump to the U.S. On Netflix, there's an, a recent documentary by Colin Kaepernick, right? The football player. This is now football in America, so it's American football. And what we all know the story, right? He kneeled, um, you know, in the anthem of NFL games to protest against um, social injustice in the U.S. And, well, in any case, we all know Kaepernick has been very vocal and, you know, he's become more of an an activist than than a player. And one of the things I saw some of the of the documentary or yeah, if, if, if it can be, I don't know if it's a documentary, but, and yeah, you know, it's very pandering, but one thing that he, that he uses, right, as a comparison is that NFL, like the way that they pick players, he says is very, it's like, it's identical to like slavery. And to me, I mean, I, mean, I gotta be honest, it's a bit crazy because like, I, it's, it's, it's so crazy to compare those two things. And it almost like it could be seen as an insult to like actually what really happened with slavery, you know, like that is a horrible part of history that happened not only in the U.S., but worldwide. And it was a horrible practice. But like the main thing, right, the main things that 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 makes slavery slavery is well, one, the fact that you're doing this against your will, right? And two, 
that you're not getting paid for it, right? So when you are going to be a football player, or and this or this applies to any athlete, you're doing this out of your own will. Nobody's obligating you, and you're getting paid for it. And in many cases, you're getting paid very well. So I just thought it was a bit crazy to compare it. I understand that he's he's nitpicking the fact that I would you know from what how he explains this type of uh, selective processes are very are very strict they're very stringent so I can see how you would feel almost like violated when they're like measuring every little thing about your body but you know I'm not a professional athlete I like sports but you know I'm I I I didn't I wasn't born with like the talent right the god gift of like just being a fucking amazing athlete which some people are and you gotta understand that it's a competitive world you know I, I, let me use a comparison here for you I'm, i come from venezuela right in venezuela south american country we as a country are really good at beauty pageants right we have beautiful women well we're just beautiful people i mean look i mean you know cute as fuck but we got beautiful women and you know that's that's main that's a main part of why Venezuela has won, I think, the most world beauty pageants, right? But there's another aspect of it, and it's the strategy part. The people behind the 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 the, the beauty girl, right? Like it's like a whole team that prepares this girl to be as beautiful as she can be. And if you saw how this shit worked behind the scenes, and I'm just talking about Venezuela, but this happens worldwide. In Venezuela, it's brutal, man. Like, they search for girls all around the country. In some cases, in very humble areas, because you have um, beautiful girls that might not have the economic resources to sort of come up in the modeling world. So, you know, they kind of find these diamonds in the roughs, and then they start sort of building them up. Oh, you need a little more operations here. Oh, your teeth need to be like this. Oh, your nose might need an operation. Imagine how crazy and deep the the comparison and the nitpicking of your body when it comes to the beauty pageant. You know, like like if you thought, for example, as an athlete, they were looking at every aspect of you to see if they choose you for their team or not. Here, they're changing your body. They're pressuring you into getting a boob job, into getting your nose um worked into getting your face lift and shit so that you could be this beautiful girl that we're gonna send in this beauty pageant like that's very dark shit like it's dark shit that that's but but you know when you go into those worlds that's what it is like you gotta be clear about that just like you know if you're an actor i mean that's gotta be one of the filthiest worlds to 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 move in you know like when you go to do a, a, a casting right they're looking at every little thing about you, like, oh no, he looks too fat, or no, he looks too Latino for this role, or no, he looks too he looks too ethnic, or whatever it is. And that's part of it. And I'm not saying we shouldn't voice our opinions about how those things are bad, but comparing that to slavery to me is insane. Like that's just a com- that's just comp- competition. Like the human nature is very competitive. And I, w- I would agree if you told me, look, man, the selection process for football and for many things in life, when it comes to the elites of the elite, is very strict, it's very hard, and it, c- it could get to the point where it even traumatizes you. 
That's why being the elite of the elite is so fucking hard because the pressure fucks with your mind. So I would say that in general, the selective process for any top tier position of any uh, activity, not, not just sports, but, you know, a lawyer or whatever, is going to be rough. It's going to be competitive and it's going to be dirty games. Now, like I said, comparing that to slavery, that's a bit that, that's crazy. That's a that's far fetched. That's far fetched. Um, but in any case, man, I just wanted to give my opinion on that because for some reason, that example of the beauty pageant girls in Venezuela came to mind because I'm like, man, those girls go through so much shit. You know, they get pe- they get paired up with like government officials so that they could be escorts for them. There's a whole like dirty world, you know, behind the beauty pageant world in general. But in Venezuela, because of the nature of the country and how corrupt it is. It, it, it's, a, it's a breeding ground for, like, fuckery and, and just shady shit, you know? But anyways, uh, changing the subject, yo. I was chilling with, with my friends and recently, and they have a kid, you know? I'm at that age, you know? I'm 32, and everybody's ha- having kids, you know? I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Nobody wants to chill, play Xbox with me? No, they just want to have kids, and I don't get it. But, you know, they're happy, you know? They're enjoying their their process their experience and one thing that i noticed right and i'm not saying any of my friends do this but i've seen this in general you know those parents that are always praising their kids like they're always celebrating how smart their kid is how good their kid is at this and at that and i get it i understand that i'm being an asshole about it because i don't have a kid and i'm sure that when i have a kid i'm I'm gonna think my kid is the best in the world but Part of me also says, I don't think I'm going to do it like I see it sometimes out there with some people going a little overboard with that shit. You know, it's a little creepy. It's like, yeah, my, oh, my kid, he's so smart. And he's in his school. They put him in the, in, in the high percentile of the classes because he's, he's like, yo, like, I don't know. It sounds fucked up. Like, don't say it. But like, if I have a, have a kid that's really smart and he's actually really smart and I, like, I'm proud of it. Like, I just keep it to myself, man. I don't need to be telling everybody about it there's some people that just need to tell you about how their kid is the fucking shit you know and you know what's fucked that what ends up happening in most cases when you have a parent that's very you know excited about their kid the kid is actually not that good at anything or you know like i remember there was there used to be this guy like i used to play baseball when i was younger and i I wasn't i wasn't too good but I, i was decent you know Whenever I wanted to, you know, to do good, I was decent. And there was this kid, right, whose parents came to every practice, to every game. They, you know, like set up this whole shit with like a cooler with drinks and like cheering and shit. And this kid wasn't that good. And they would just like celebrate him like as if he was the best. And in my case, my parents never really went to see me play much. Um... And, you know, and I was decent. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I don't know if it did that kid any good to always feel and think that he was a shit when he wasn't. I almost feel like, and I don't, I, I think my parents were amazing, you know, like, like, you know, not that just because they weren't there in every fucking baseball game means that they weren't cool. But, you know, they were different type of parents, you know, they had all the shit to do. But one thing that I do feel like helped me is that my dad never tried to like pamper me or make me feel like I was better, you know, than I was. He was actually very 
hearted with criticism. You know, he'll be like the type of dad that's like, if I'm like playing basketball or something and I'm fucking up, he's like, yo, man, get the fuck out of the court. Don't embarrass your family. Like, you know, that type of dad, you know. And But he wasn't, you know, Ill, ill-minded or or evil-hearted about it. He was just, he, he wouldn't, you know, give me praise for shit that wasn't praiseful. And I, and I actually appreciate that because that allowed me to not grow up thinking that people, I was entitled to shit or that people owed me things and that I was special. And that's a problem that you see these days. When Whenever you meet somebody, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, you, you, you look like when you grew up, your parents always said that you were the shit, that you were the special. And that shows, you know, it shows that you have... Some fucked up shit. <laughs> Some fucked up shit in you, you know. Uh, I, you know, I, as a parent, I think I'm gonna, you know, give credit where it's due to my kids, but also let them know that, you know, they're not special in this world, and that they need to work for shit. That they need to, you know, be go getters. You know, that you need to make shit happen. You need to be action people, and and not just think that the world owes you shit. You know, in the first world, we're so pampered these days that. You have all these fucking kids thinking that every you know everybody owes them shit, and I think it's very it's very bad for society to have that that mentality, you know. But in any case, you know, have kids, just you know, fucking raise them well, you know, raise them well and shit. No fucking, <sighs> bro. If if you've been in a little party of of kids, and you see a kid that's just causing ruckus. Just causing chaos, and his mom doesn't fucking do anything to keep him, you know, uh, away from endangering other people's life. You fuck that family. You fuck those people. Don't invite them again. I'm gonna be the type of bro. I'm a cool pe- people to be cool, you know, around with. If I have a little barbecue going, bro, I'm gonna have the drinks. I'm gonna have the fixings. I'm gonna have the fucking fixings. I'm gonna be funny. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be coming through with the jokes, with a little commentary. I'm going to be coming through with like the like the educative shit, but also the funny, you know? I'm going to be bringing it all. So it's going to be in your advantage to be near me, to be friends with me, to make me feel comfortable that you could be around me. Now, if you don't fucking raise your kids well, and when you bring them into a reunion with other people, you just let them run wild like he's a fucking wild boar, just breaking TVs and shit, yo, fuck that. You're never coming back. You're never getting invited. Never get invited. There's no warning. There's no three times a strike. One time, that's it. I only need one time to know, oh, okay, yeah, you are a piece of shit family. You're not coming to the next fucking birthday party. And that's how I'm doing it. So keep your fucking kids educated. Teach them manners. Okay? All right, I have a little movie review. Okay? This is a... It might be a, a, a little bit late for this review, <laughs> but hey, man, I'm watching the classics. I recently watched this, the, the, what's it called? The, the Trinity? No. The Trilogy of Lord of the Rings, dog. I fucking watched Lord of the Rings. I know you might be thinking, what? That's like fucking what? 20 years? That's 20, almost 20 years old. Yes, it is. But I watched it. And you know what I realized to start off with Lord of the Rings? And spoiler alert. Yeah, if you haven't watched this shit, you're fucked, you know. You can't be more fucked than me that I hadn't watched in 18 years. Lord of the Rings, to start off, the three movies last about 10 hours. So that could be, 
in today's world, a 10 episode series. And, and it would have been an amazing 10 episode series. I, in that time when this was made, series weren't a thing really like today. So they just made it into three, three to four hour movies, which is a little heavy. I had to watch it in parts, but I gotta say, man, even though like Lord of the Rings, like that whole like fairy shit and like, you know, like Game of Thrones type style movies. Like, they're not really my style. It's, it's not really my style, this type of adventure, elves and shit movies. It's not my style. But even then, I could appreciate the dialogue and, and, the, really, and the really craftsmanship that you can see on these movies. They're, they're, it was really great storytelling and, and the effects, the graphic effects on this movie really aged well. You know, I recently saw another trilogy, which was Matrix. And I think I already spoke about this on a previous episode. And it was the last two Matrix, the number two and three, were made around the same time as Lord of the Rings. And you can tell, man, Matrix used like a shitty company for graphics. And Lord of the Rings had the top of the line people in the graphics section. Because, man, Matrix two and three don't hold up. When it comes to graphics, there's some weird takes there where it looks like a bad video game. Lord of the Rings, man, I couldn't find anything that didn't fit right. This is almost 20 years ago, bro. And and this was made so fucking well. The graphics, everything. I do gotta say, the Hobbits, bro, they're a little... They're a little fruity cake out there, you know? And I'm not saying that has nothing to do with... You know, homosexuality and homoerotic experiences. I'm cool with that, you know. I got friends that are into the homoerotic experiences. That's fine. I'm talking about, like, fruity pebbles. You know, I'm talking about fruity cakes. I'm talking about, like, hobbits that are always like, Hey, Sam, what's up, Sam? Oh, my God, Sam, you're so dumb. You don't even... It's like, yo, that's... Really, that's how hobbits act? They were, like, very fluffy, like, just very... Like, they had, like, an Instagram filter, like a beauty filter the Hobbies had all the time. It's just weird. And they were always looking at each other with, like, again, it has nothing to do with same-sex, you know, exchange of fluids. I'm cool with that. I championed that type of activity. What I'm trying to say here is it was a little bit uncomfortable. Like, if you guys want to fuck, fuck. But don't be, you know, you're taking a ring to a fucking volcano don't be coming with like this little vibe where they all want to like fuck each other. You know, it's just weird. Again, I already praised the movie. The movie's amazing. So I'm now I'm just going to hate on little things that I noticed. Smigo. Why the fuck wasn't Smigo killed in the first instance? How is it that you have Smigo fucking up your whole parade, your whole adventure? And this motherfucker's led to live? I would have hit Smeagol in the head with a rock and split him open like a fucking oyster. That little fucker, you could tell he was up to something the whole time. And Sam knew this. Sam told him many times, yo, I'm going to fuck this guy up. And then Frodo's like, man, Smeagol is nice. Yo, fuck Smeagol. I would have broke yo. I would have fucked him up from the beginning. I told my friend this. He's like, well, but then there wouldn't have been a movie. I'm like, well, but that's not an excuse, you know, for lazy writing. I'm just kidding. It was a really good movie. And I'm just saying, bro, Smigo, I feel like you could have made him feel more real. Like, in what sense? Like, more sneaky. 
Like, I felt like if I was Frodo, I would have fucking known this guy was sneaky. Like, he, you know, he wasn't... He, he wasn't, like, good about it, like, keeping a secret that he was going to fuck him up. He was very, like, open about it. When they would sleep, he would, like, talk to himself, like, ah, I'm going to fuck him up, I'm going to fuck him up. So, I don't know, I wasn't, I wasn't with that. Um, besides that, I mean, great movie, but not my style, man. It was, it was a little grueling in some parts of it, just keeping up with it, the many battles. But, you know, all in all, I think, if you put that into a 10 episode series that would be an amazing show what's the problem today if you have an idea like that the motherfuckers today would probably make it into a 30 episode three season series that would drag the fuck along that wouldn't have the substance on each episode but that's how they do it these days you know but what can i say if you like lord of the rings please let me know i know i'm a little late on the review but hey it's a classic. You should see it again if you're into the elfie shit and into the fruity pebbles with the fucking hobbits. Um, there's another movie with the hobbits that comes after, but I don't know if I'm going to be watching that. Please let me know what comments you have about all the other topics we had. Subscribe to the thing, share it, and once again, thank you for tuning in to the Prosky Podcast. Peace. Peace.